win your very own DeLorean. How cool is that? Check it out on asmfree.com or in the iTunes store. Again, that's asmfree.com. Don't be left out. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show on the Fantasy Asylum Fantasy Sports Network at AsylumFantasySports.com. We are Fligger and Briggs. If you did not know that, you should by now. Welcome back to the Asylum. Drop us a line. AsylumFootball at gmail.com or AsylumFantasySports at gmail.com. On Twitter, at AsylumFootball. Our Twitter feed is the place to be, Rick, for just hilarity, humor, fun, knowledge, you name it. It's there, at AsylumFootball. If you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 646-478-4679. Getting a little giddy here, Rick. It is the penultimate day before the Asylum heads back to Canton. Yeah, that's right. Cannot wait to head back to Canton and start doing our stuff. You know, media days, couple, Friday. Couple Can't of wait. Big sillies out there in Canton. We're going to interview all of this year's Hall of Famers, some past Hall of Famers, and anybody else we can just chase down like junkyard dogs the next several weeks. Maybe we'll put together one big uh, bonus show. We'll incorporate it into the shows. You got a question for Jerome Bettis, Tim Brown? Any of these other yeah. guys, send Nick it our Pingle way. Hop. We don't care. At Asylum know. Football, if it's within reason, we'll ask the question. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, we'll be shooting some promos out there and, and some other stuff, you know, from the stadium and from, you know, the on uh, Induction nice Day. nice there, Cole. Good job. Yeah, thanks, Cole. <laughs> what a jerk. You know, on, uh, you know, Induction Day and on Game Day for the uh, Steelers and Vikings, we'll be doing some shots from out there. Gonna have a lot of fun, you know. Like Rick said, send some questions in to us, and uh, we'll see if we can get them answered. You know, I'm giddy about Rick. Just giddy over what? I have never in my life, in person, seen Adrian Peterson, and I have to assume I don't know. Look, this Hall of Fame game, nobody plays. You know, all the you know, all the Joe, you know, these guys are gonna be bagging groceries in three weeks. That's what you're going to see the most of. But i got to assume we'll see at least a possession or two from Adrian Peterson and really hoping to get a chance to talk to him as well. That That is one guy. You know, it's a robot. He's a cyborg. and can't wait. To, we are going to be right there on the field, right there in the locker room. I'm going to be hanging with my boy, A.D. <laughs> yeah, you and about 9,000 well, yeah. other guys. <laughs> you know, luckily, I'm 17 feet tall, you know, awkwardly <laughs> praying mantis tall, so I'll be able to get a decent-looking picture. Anyhow, certainly an overhead shot, but a decent-looking yeah, picture. I can picture. just aim it. You can get, a you know, like a, a light, and I can aim my head at the light <laughs> oh, blind yeah. everybody else. That's right, and as they cover their eyes, I'll dive in for the picture to <laughs> hang out with my boy AD. Yeah. All right, Rick, well, we got to start the show. This is why you don't draft in uh, early August, late July. Arian Foster does it to fantasy owners again. Tears a groin requiring groin surgery. I don't like the sounds of groin surgery, and uh, it's Alfred Blue's time, I guess. You know, anything that has groin yeah, and surgery in yeah, it just does not sound pleasant. Look, Alfred Blue is a 3.1 guy, and, uh, you know, last year he's got to improve. He's got to do some impressive things in camp. Yeah, because 3.1 yards of carry is not going to get it. You know, I don't know if Chris Polk's a guy. He's 5'11", 220-pound back. You know, they're going to either, A, find somebody, or one of these guys is going to have to step up. Right. And it's just as simple as that. The question is, you know, the main thing, fantasy owners. What do you do with Houston? I mean, you have an offense that is now resting on, you know, either Hoyer or Mallett. Right. You've got Hopkins and Shorts, which are certainly I like that you know receiver. above average right. in wide receiver talent. Um, you know Graham's, yeah, not the other Graham as far as tight end right. goes, but um, it's all the running back. I don't know what to do with them. You you have to monitor this right now. Yeah, Alfred Blue is is the leading candidate, but it's really not started yet. No, no, we know nothing. 
I'm not sure that 3.1. Look, we were in the gamut since this news came out about 24 hours ago of Alfred Blue being the most beloved running back in the NFL for about 12 hours. And then a lot of people of our ilk jumped off the wagon, you know, brought your point to 3.1 to carry for the myriad of other reasons. He's not the guy to, to carry the load for Houston, and now we're avoiding him. You know, I, you're just not going to know at this point. Look, if you're drafting in your best ball, if you're in your MFL, 10, MFL 10s, I know I have the FFCC 206 sponsored by the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Starting at 7 a.m. tomorrow, picking second, Rick, so I'll get a little practice for the, the League of Consequence for the, uh, for the uh, Caveman League. I got so many leagues going, I can't keep them all straight here. But, you know, in, in these situations, I think you divide in that actually in this format, let, let's look at it this way, because what I'm ultimately trying to get us to here is I'm stumbling and bumbling over all of this is what do you do with Arian Foster? You know, all reports are he's going to be back at some point in the year. What do you do with Blue? What do you do with Polk? Or if they sign somebody tonight, which which I'm not certain of, is Pierre Thomas, I guess, told him to pound sand. I guess he's still being picky. He's out of work and, and can't get a contract done with Houston. You know, I think right now if I'm drafting in a best ball format, I, Arian Foster still holds a little bit of value, I think, because if he comes back, great. If he doesn't, so be it. But in your standard redraft league, what are you doing with him? You know, what are you doing with Alfred Blue? I I still think today, if I had to draft today, Blue's maybe a four. Let's even say it works out. You're only going to get him till Arian Foster comes back. I, if he's ripping off six and a half yards a carry, averaging 120 a game, the day Foster comes back, it's going to be his job. He's freaking Arian Foster. So, yeah, this, this is something going to be really. Uh, really important to keep an eye on actually made Houston's camp interesting well it made it interesting but it it makes it um being an owner frustrating oh because you know a fantasy owner is what I'm talking about look I agree with you Alfred Blue is only in there as long as Foster's out but I'll tell you what you brought up the point if we're doing it today Arian Foster is really not even on my radar until I find out the severity of that injury and that surgery, the extent of the surgery, I don't want any part of him. Right. He's a he's a risk to start with. And, and, and what do you do? What what puts such a strain on a running back? Cutting. Right. You know, and, and jumping and this kind of thing. And, and where does your legs attach? Your groin. Yeah. I yeah. tell you what, man. I do. Yeah. Unless. It's a really minor procedure, and they'll say, okay, he's going to be fine come week nine, and we put him on the short term for precautionary measures, blah, blah, blah. Then maybe I'll start reconsidering. But i tell you what, right now, it was kind of like the Liz Frank thing with um, MJD. <laughs> whatever the hell a Liz Frank is, but it's devastating, yeah. whatever it is. Well, it's that little bone in the foot that gets fractured. But remember MJD, at first he was just, it was a foot sprain. Then it was a possible or a hairline fracture or right. something of this nature. Next thing you know, he's out for the year. You know, after a, a, another week or so of these tests, you know, using the air quotes. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't take that many X-rays to figure out that something's really busted up in there. But this is soft tissue. Yeah. And until they get in there and, and do the repairing thing, I don't want any part of this guy. Yeah. Before we went on air, Rick. I think you nailed it you, for right now. Now, fortunately, you got a lot of time to figure this out in your standard league. Like if you're doing these MFL 10s, if you're doing the FFCC 200 with me tomorrow, and, and I'm sure there's many more of those to come, you, you got tougher decisions to make. But I think you nailed the point. How many tweets did we get, Rick? You, you sent out, the, as, as we're wont to do, the thump in the chest tweet right after this happened that said, see, this is why we tell you. Don't overvalue this guy. You know, you couldn't get that that tweet out there fast enough. And then I appreciate that. Moi? Yeah, moi. <laughs> and how many tweets did you get back saying, that's fine, he's going to come back in week eight, he's going to come back in week nine and win everybody their championship? It must have been a million of them. Yeah, and I beg the difference. It sounds good. Here's something, and I think you hit on it accidentally, as you normally do, but it was a really succinct point. 
This week eight business they're talking about, that's just when the short-term PPR runs out. That's what that is. That's just a minimum number of games. At this point, we got zippy clue. We have no clue whatsoever the severity of this injury or how long he's going to be out. This is the Texans saying, we know he's going to be out at least this long. We're going to put him on this PPR, and this is the one we can put him on and still get him back. He's going to have to miss a minimum of eight games. As of today, we have no idea when this kid, when Arian Foster's coming back. No clue. So you can't overvalue him. Look, we talked about it on the Fantasy Sports Network show we recorded before we went on the air here. He still has draft value, assuming he's going to come back at some point. You and I, Rick, we're not going to own him. And hopefully most of you aren't going to own him because some jerk is going to jump up in about the seventh round and draft Arian Foster. And I hope this buries him. Look, there's a possibility, I guess, and we're going to know a lot more come Labor Day weekend when you should be drafting. But there's every possibility he comes back and he's Arian Foster. I highly doubt it. You're going to sit out eight weeks. You brought up the soft tissue issue. You've got all these issues surrounding it. I, as of right now, Rick, I can't risk a 7th or 8th round pick. We're talking a 12th, 13th where I take my flyers when I start looking at my backup tight ends, my second quarterbacks. That's the range Arian Foster belongs in, and someone's going to take him in the 6th or the 7th. Oh, there's no doubt about that, and and I clue you in. I did not get it to to the point accidentally. I'm just very thorough and roundabout in my point making, and uh, you know that's where I got to the – soft tissue remember we had a title of that soft tissue injury a few years ago it sounds like we've discussed soft (laughs) tissue before i I don't know why hey let's take a a a minute to uh step back and and tell our listeners that both of us have now joined uh fantasy pros oh yes and yeah um, we we were supposed to announce that last week and never got around yeah you are on the nfl news desk for the tennessee titans covering the tennessee titans running backs that's uh that's an interesting uh research each and every day yeah there's no doubt about it no shortage in news there and i am on the MLB news desk covering our Pittsburgh Pirates. Steamhead, Rick Briggs, who knew? Yeah, exactly. And uh, we're just proud to be, uh, you know, partnering up with Fantasy Pros. And I am also, Rick, I'm double dipping here a little bit. I've also joined the team at the FantasySportsWarehouse.com. Writing columns, I guess a feature writer, you might want to call me. Posted my first column over the weekend my uh, argument in and I won't bore you guys with the with this again because I scream about it every show but I put it in writing why I'm in love with Matt Forte so you can check that out at fantasysportswarehouse.com find your boy Flieger there as well yes indeed and uh, while you are looking uh it, listening to us excuse me on the asylum sports network be reminded tomorrow there will be no ff consistency show Ooh, with bob right. long because our bob is, is in canton that's is, right chilling with charles haley yeah tooling around with uh, charles haley and uh you know and we are going to be hooking up with bob hopefully yeah. if he can get away from his chauffeuring duties that's right uh you know we can maybe do a show on radio row with him we were going to uh hook up with chris heil uh, at the Grizzly Beard That's on right. Twitter, our Monday but show, the Fantasy Sports Ranch. Got a weird email from Chris the other morning, <laughs> <laughs> and this is blowing your mind. I love this. It was, you can't it let was, this go. I, I won't let go. It go. Ahead. go ahead, and Chris. I hope you're listening because <laughs> you blew my head. I get an email the from Chris, and uh, you know because I sent something to him because um, we were supposed to, we we're supposed to meet up in Canton. And actually, uh, the four of us, Rick and I and Bob Long and Chris, and we were going to hook up on Radio Row and try to do one big show together from the Hall of Fame. So anyway, we've been emailing back and forth periodically with uh, Chris Howe. Chris was going to bunk with us. I really, I actually, think that's yeah. the real reason he backed out. He <laughs> thought wise of yeah. that, couldn't get a room. He's not sleeping with these two animals. So. Yeah, exactly. So. Anyway, you know, email back. Well, anyway, yesterday, make a, a long story even longer. I sent him an email asking him, I think for a cell phone number. I said so we make yeah. sure we hook up and so forth. And that's what scared him off. <laughs> and he sends an email back saying, "Oh, just to let you guys know, I won't be making it. I got approved for more events this year than last year. Period. <laughs> that was it." 
I loved your so, response. The first thing I saw was your response, which is why this humors me. So I emailed back and I said, and I'm not sure the exact wording, but it was something to the extent of, I don't know what this means. You have got approved for more events, so now you're not going. And about 11 question marks. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's the the passive aggressive yeah. side of Rick Briggs. Yes, yeah, so I'm usually not passive, but uh, <laughs> oh, anyway. And Bob, we'll get to you. Bob Long is in the chat room, and uh, apparently he's never heard about us meeting up at the Hall of Fame. Oh, did we forget to mention it to him? I think it's all the liquor he drinks. All his brain cells are gone. We mentioned this months ago when he was on our show, but that's here neither here nor there. Bob, we'll get to you later. So Chris emails back and saying, "Oh, sorry." I was vague or some some nonsense like that. But he was being nice and professional <laughs> after you just backhanded him is what it was. And, and it just no no it wasn't because I got approved for more <laughs> events. It was just stuff was going on at home. Oh okay that makes more sense. And I thought maybe we just got lazy on us. I yeah, didn't know. Oh right. we have to do more. I'm not yeah, going. Forget it. I'm out. <laughs> yeah I'm out. I think it had something to do with you asking for his phone number. Him shacking up with us for the weekend. Hey, he asked for that, not me. That's true. We didn't ask him for it. So, Rick, let's spin her back to fantasy football here for a little bit. This real life is actually getting funnier than fantasy. Well, I got something else I want to discuss later on in the show. I'm going to front load it with fantasy before we derail it. People hate it when I derail it, apparently, if you read our uh, iTunes (laughs) reviews. Lost in all this deflate gate nonsense, Rick. And it's all we've heard. Still all you hear fascinating you see now all, all of uh tom brady's emails. Ajayi. <laughs> i like nothing Ajayi. To do with him. <laughs> oh, all of tom brady's personal emails getting released because they're, they're part of the discovery process and just seeing how the other half lives but that's not here or there rick rob gronkowski is being drafted between eight and ten in every single draft i'm in regardless of the format PPR, non-PPR, the the FFCC 200s, wherein you get a point and a half for reception and seven points for a touchdown on tight ends, uh, an, an interesting twist there. We're missing Tom Brady for four games, which it's increasingly looked like we're going to do. Does this and should this devalue Gronk for you a little bit going into the season? I've heard nobody discuss this. Okay, here's something just to put to you if he misses four games with brady what does he do does he go from uh, just theoretically four touchdowns to one is that fair probably or to two yeah okay. we don't know yeah okay. we, we don't know what garoppolo is going to do Pro- point being even if he drops to one you still have a tight end out there that's probably going to score 15 touchdowns. Oh, I agree. By the time the season's over with. Oh, no, unquestionably. No, I'm, I'm not going to devalue Gronk at all. You're still taking him at eight? No, I know you're not taking I'm him at not. eight generally, but well, the argument's out there to draft him. him consider him a, a wide receiver. Well, he's I mean, a how, WR1. That's course. what he is. He's not a tight end. He's a WR1. If you're going, if you're going for a Demarius Thomas, why not go for a Gronk? I agree 100%. You know, I, yeah, I'm not going to devalue him. Yeah, I, I'm going to draft him with the expectations, okay, you know, we'll calm down the first four games, but I think when this 20-pound chip on Brady's oh, shoulder gets God. back, yeah. I'm fine. So it's Get through be the more, first four games, yeah. two and two, whatever, I'm fine. Yeah, well, look, you're still going to get production out of him. I don't think, I don't think you're going to see – the 10, 11 grabs for a buck 20 and a touch. There are two touches that you see out of Gronk fairly consistently. It's going to be interesting to find out, Rick. And this is something that fascinates me a little bit. It doesn't affect how, you, how you're going to draft or what you're going to do with Gronk. This is just something I think about. This is going to be the opportunity to find out. Is Gronk's production, because he's Gronk, because he's a once-in-a-lifetime type of player? Or is this a Belichick and Brady thing? Is this almost a system thing, if that makes any sense to you? Now, it looks like Patriots have re-upped with Gronk, so we're, we're never going to find out. You know, He's not going to take the big money elsewhere at some point. They, they've got him uh, 2019 now, I think, yeah. which with his injury history is probably going to be pretty close to the end for a guy like that. 
it's going to be interesting to see without Tom Brady what you get out of him. It, 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 well, it, it's fascinating to me. You know, let's look at it another way. You know, you always had a pretty productive tight end with Brady in there. You know, Benjamin Watson. Yeah, Watson put up some you know, numbers. So, but nothing this huge. I mean, right. this, this is Gronk. Well, a he's, lot a, of he's a freak. Well, There's that's no what I'm question saying. about so, that. So, I mean, it's kind of like Randy Moss to a point. You're right. Yeah, he skyrocketed with Brady, but he was still damn good no, before. He was a Hall of Famer without Brady, right. and he just put the put the finishing yeah. touches on so that I, career I see, there. Yeah, just I see you temper some expectations the first four games, but I'm not devaluing this guy. It's kind of like I didn't devalue Le'Veon Bell as much as maybe I would have somebody else with the two-game suspension. Right. I think he's that good. You're, you're right. And and it comes down to something. I'll give him a little credit because I know he listens. A, a guy, a, a buddy of ours in the Caveman League, uh, Ben Tonelli, who's in the FFCC 200 with me tomorrow. Yeah, he I, told me about yeah, that. Yeah, so thanks for signing up for that, Ben. But he said something when we got together to pick the draft order a couple weeks ago that stuck with me. Now, at that point, Le'Veon Bell – Still had the three-game three suspension. We had drawn the draft order. I ended up at number two. I was doing a bunch of convention of whether or not I should take Le'Veon Bell at that point. And God, I hate giving this donkey any credit. But, but he said something that has stuck with me ever since that night. He said, you're not getting Le- – my argument was, would I rather have 13 weeks of Le'Veon Bell – or 16 weeks of Eddie Lacy, Jamal Charles, right. Antonio Brown, whoever. You know, that that was the discussion. And he says, look, you're not getting 13 weeks of Le'Veon Bell. You're getting 16 weeks of Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams, making the point that while D'Angelo Williams, sort of to your point with Gronk, while D'Angelo Williams isn't going to put up the numbers anywhere near what Le'Veon Bell's going to do, He's going to keep you afloat for those couple of weeks. He's going to score well enough that maybe you can get out of it. At that point, those three weeks, one and two, maybe even two and one, if you draft well everywhere else. And it's a good point, and I think it's the point with Gronk. Now, we could make the argument, we'll get back to that, but with Gronk, he's still there. He's, you're still getting 16 games of him. He may be down for those four weeks, or we may find out that – Belichick's system is so set up and that Gronk is still uncomfortable. He may be a bigger weapon with a Garoppolo, which is entirely possible. So, But what I put to you, Rick, now you're sitting down there at 8, 9, 10, somewhere in that range. You have, you're looking at Gronk. You brought up Demarius Thomas. Who else we done? Maybe Marshawn Lynch. Do you slide anybody ahead of Gronk, or is Gronk slotted for you and this Brady thing means nothing? I think the gap between Gronk and the next tight end is... Oh, my God, it's a canyon. It's well, not that's a gap. the point. Well, that's the point. Who are you going to slide ahead of him? Well, but... Oh, I'm you're not, talking about any position. I'm not ta- yeah, I'm talking... I'm sitting... The average man okay. is taking Gronk at nine. Let's use nine as our benchmark. So you're picking nine. Try to. Put, I know you wouldn't do it, Rick. I know you're not going to draft Gronk there, and I'm not going to either. But w- let's get ourselves in the mindset of most of the fantasy community who's sitting at nine. Gronk's sitting there. We're going to jump all okay. over it. Gotcha. So you, you're ready. You're going to take Gronk. Now you know he's going to be playing four games without Tom Brady. Behind Gronk, you're looking at Demarius Thomas. You're looking at Marshawn Lynch. You're looking at, I would have said Arian Foster, but th- that, that ill. You, these guys going around the turn. C.J. Anderson, all these guys at the turn. Are you going to slide anybody ahead of Gronk, or are you locked in and this this whole situation with Brady means nothing, and you're going to stick with your plan to go with Gronk? I, okay, I see your point there. Okay, basically, if I'm a guy that's going to be drafting a Gronk at 9 or 10 or whatever it was, I'm basically looking for a top-notch receiver. Right. Now, with that caveat, yes, I may slide, and depending on who's there, a Demarius ahead of him. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody that may be there. Uh, maybe Jordy Nelson, even. Well, Jordy Nelson's going towards the end of the second, mid-second to late second in most cases. So uh, that, That's fine, because I'll get him before that. <laughs> um, 
AJ Green, you're seeing there. I'm not sure. A lot of people are really looking for AJ Green just to have a monster year. You know, I, I think I'd still go with Gronk. Let there. me pull if, up the last draft I did. Go ahead. I'll, I'll quit interrupting you. Go ahead. Well, I mean, can. since when? I mean, that, that keeps me on on task. Well, that's true. You know, mm-hmm. with you babbling consistently. Let's and, go and, to the FFCC 204. So let, let's go in there. Now this has Gronk went eight, so we're right there. After that went Charles Foster. You can throw that out. So here we go. Demarius Thomas. Des Bryant actually goes 12 in this league. Oh, it is well, possible that's, that's a Des no-brainer to me. Julio Jones, he's a guy going at the turn. Yeah, I, I okay. If you're the Gronk guy, I know in general you're taking these guys ahead of Gronk anyhow. If you're the Gronk guy, are you sliding these guys up yeah, based on the Yeah, I think you have suspension? to. In this situation, like a Jones or a Des, I think that's a no-brainer because you're basically getting, what, two full games. If you consider Gronk half a game without Brady. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I guess you're that's gaining two full games. Do you? Yeah. Do you think Do he's going to lose that much production? I think that's the question. That's what you know. We're taking all these circuitous routes around it. Yeah, I think so because you know what? If four games with Brady's a hundred percent, what percentage is Gronk going to be at after those four games? Look, I, I think he's about. I said you may cut his touchdowns down from four to one, maybe two. That's significant. I figure, I figure half a game per every game Brady's out. So he's going to be at 50, 50% after that. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's best-case scenario in my mind. Because, I mean, I, I just don't think New England is not the same team without Brady. And, you know, Garoppolo may fool some people, but if I'm in a situation where – Okay, do I take Julio Jones, who has a lot of chemistry with Matt Ryan, right. and we know what we're expecting? He's going to be there from week one. I'm going to take Julio Jones. I I, I think I agree with you. Um, I mean, I can't go real deep into receivers, right? Before you know, I say, okay, there's a cutoff. I'm taking Gronk. Yeah, I think it's prior to AJ Green. I think the one guy I'm swaying on here a little bit is Odell Beckham. He was taken, you know, right around that turn as well, right after Julio Jones. So knowing what you know, knowing that you would have otherwise taken Gronk, while even though I probably don't think you would, but knowing what I know, Odell Beckham or Gronk. Oh, Odell Beckham. No, I think so too. No, no question. I mean, I'm looking at current ADPs right now. I have Beckham going at 110. And Gronk is two oh two. Really? Yeah. See, I haven't been in a draft where and, he and, fell past nine. And Jordy Nelson is right there at two oh four. So I mean, you know, that's where I was leaning with Nelson. I, okay. I when you said he was at the end of two, I thought that was uh, ludicrous because I've got I got him there in one draft. Yeah, see, there you but, go. but I've been drafting in two Q B leagues. I've been drafting exactly. there's been some wacky formats I've been drafting this early on. Right. So two four. That that sounds about right for so Gronk or Jordy Nelson. I think I'm going Jordy Nelson. I, I'm a little different. Um, I love the Packer offense. It's intact. Everything's the same. Right. I love Jordy Nelson this year. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if there's uh, – is it possible to say Jordy's ever undervalued? He seems to be a forgotten guy when you talk about the elites, when you talk about AB, when you talk about Megatron, when you talk about some of these guys. Jordy Nelson gets left out of that equation. Knowing what you know about Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and, and the consistency, since Bob's listening, I'll throw that out there. The consistency you get out of a Jordy Nelson, I, I, it's hard to beat. You know, there's flashier guys ahead of him, right? Sexier guys, but boy, you want to talk about a solid plug and play. Jordy Nelson's your man. Oh, no question. I just love Jordy Nelson going into this year and Randall Cobb as well. Eddie Lacy and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, I'm fine. I'm not going to overpay for Cobb, but in the third round, which I don't think he's fallen there, but if I'm at the top of the third round and you know, I've got one and one or I don't have my first receiver yet, he's a, he's a guy I look at. Oh, exactly. But, I mean, we're talking an offense where you have the best, the, the, the best quarterback. Right. Arguably the best running back. I don't think he is, but he's certainly top five. You have a Jordy Nelson. We just talked about him. Certainly a top ten receiver. Now you have a Randall Cobb. You know, yeah. If you're picking up Cobb, 
in the third round. That's the last Packer, right. you know, of that big right. four to because, go. Yeah, because he's going to be pretty the, impressive. Yeah, he's going to be the last one to go, and so. So an interesting move. Let's. I want to swing back, Rick, a little bit to Houston in the Arian Foster situation. We know the quarterback conundrum they've got down there. Now Arian Foster's out. As we're talking about wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins is being drafted as a number one receiver. And based on his performance last year, Rick, I think rightly so. Does this injury to Arian Foster affect Hopkins in your mind? Because I think it is for me a little bit. I just have such a sour taste with that entire Houston offense. You've got the quarterback question unanswered. Now you take away the the threat of Arian Foster. You've got to keep that extra man in the box for Foster. Somebody's spying him at all times, what he can do through the air, what he can do on the ground. He's such a dynamic player. I'm so nervous about that Houston offense. I'm shying away from Hopkins a little bit here. Yeah, I am too. I mean, number one, I wasn't quite as high on Hopkins, not so much Hopkins himself. Yeah, you've been a little cool on Hopkins, comparatively. But it's the quarterback thing that bugs me more than Hopkins. I, look, I love the kid. But we have Arian Foster and, you know, of course Kubiak's gone, but still the Arian Foster factor still kept him up there for me, even though I was a little cooler than other people. But i tell you what, you take Foster out of there and you're resting this offense on Brian Hoyer, or who is it, Ryan Mallett. Ryan Mallett. I'm not that hot on him. Now, look, I like Cecil Shorts on the other side. They got a pretty nice core receivers. But now, all of a sudden, defenses, all they have to do is make Elford Blue beat them. Right. If they they play to stop the pass, they're two big weapons on the outside. See, now that's the thing. Now they're getting blanketed and – you know, if, if I'm a fantasy owner, I think maybe you're going to get better value with one of these clowns in the backfield Probably. than you are spending an early pick on a Hopkins where you can get somebody else. Look, the the question for a Hopkins going in was, could he do it as the number one guy? Look, he emerged in spades last year, just completely. But he was on the other side of a, of a legend in Andre Johnson, albeit a... Not the same Andre Johnson we saw five and six years ago, but a legitimate threat and a guy who was drawing the number one coverage in Hopkins with his speed took advantage of that. All right. So I think we had questions going in, everything being as good as it can be in Houston. We had questions about can Hopkins be that number one guy. Now you take the only other really, truly legitimate skill position weapon away in Arian Foster I agree with you. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm going to say, all right, Alfred Blue, all right, Polk, all right, Ray Rice, whoever, Steven Jackson, Chris Johnson, everybody else. Thomas Jones. Jones. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Walter Payton. Well, I guess it won't be him. But but you get my point. You go ahead and beat me. DeAndre Hopkins ain't going to do it. I'm going to bracket him. He's going nowhere. I'm not letting him shake loose Yeah, because they did that in Detroit before where – Calvin Johnson did beat them. I mean, they have three guys hanging on. Right. He did. DeAndre Hopkins isn't that guy. Yeah, he's not Megatron. Okay. No. no. Okay, but I'm, let's play our little game. All right, let's do it. All right, DeAndre Hopkins or Jordan Matthews? I'll tell you what, Rick. This time three days ago, it would have been DeAndre Hopkins. I'm talking right now. Right now, it's Jordan Matthews. Okay, Hopkins or Calvin Benjamin? Uh, same situation. This would have been different three days ago. I'm going Kelvin Benjamin. Okay. Let's continue to play our game. We need to come up with a name for this game because we play it a lot. Okay, here's a great one. We talked about it with uh, Jim Sarantias, a fantasy Greek on the Fantasy Sports Network show. Um, as of right now, DeAndre Hopkins or Martavis Bryant? Oh, that's so tough. That is... I think that's going to be the line for me, Rick. I think I'm going to go Hopkins. While not so many people hating on Bryant, and now you got this elbow issue, but I've, I've come to understand this is no big deal going forward. I guess I don't know for with 100% certainty 
what Bryant's role is going to be. Right. I think I'm going to go or okay. Hawkins there, but it is so close. That's fair. It shouldn't be that close. But I'm giving you a guy that is a round and a half behind him right, right. now. Yeah, so okay. we're, we're, we basically divided Hopkins around anyhow. Here's, here's one more, and then we'll move on. Um, DeAndre Hopkins or Brandon Marshall? I'm going to go Hopkins there only because of the quarterback situation. Uh, can I hedge? You're going to you're going Hopkins because of the quarterback situation in New York. Can I hedge? Okay. And this is going to sound like the craziest thing. You know, go ahead and pull me off the air. You can unplug my mic if you want. To. Yeah, we own the mics. We that's uh, true. You got to listen to every damn word yeah. I say. What's that from? I quote that all the time, and I don't remember what it's from. And I've nah, got the microphone, good. so you'll listen to every damn word I yeah. have to say. And it's a motto I live by. That's why I just spew this nonsense that I do out here each and every week. Right. If Ryan Fitzpatrick starts for the Jets, right, give me Brandon Marshall. Okay, I can't trust Geno Smith. So, and that's one it's reason. It's going to depend on the quarterback situation. Hopefully, we know come Labor Day in these real late rounds in these drafts that me and you are doing. Hey, I'm grabbing up the Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I mean, well, and you're you're just crushing Eric Decker anywhere you can get your hands on him because too. I'm getting him for a song. Right? Why not? He had 75 catches hey, look, last Fitzpatrick year. Fitzpatrick stinks, but he's going to throw that? for 300. Sure. He's going to throw for 300. Yeah. He's going to get the ball to Gino these guys. stunk last year. Well, Gino's a nightmare. Well, that's the thing. But he had 75 <laughs> catches last year without Brandon Marshall. That there stuns me. He had 75 catches. Okay, here's one from Bob Long in the chat room: Pierre Garcon or Hopkins? The uh, <laughs> I got to go Hopkins. I do too. Pierre's a better receiver, I think. But they're so bad and so RG3 inconsistent. Is terrible. I really think too. If you watch the way the Redskins constructed this team in the offense, they they're in the off season. Excuse me. You know, other than this recent Gillette signing, they avoided the big name. They beefed up the offensive line. I'll tell you what, Rick. I am leaning more and more towards becoming an Alfred Morris guy. If we didn't play in all such heavy PPR leagues, I would have this guy ranked so much higher. I think oh, no he, doubt. I think he's going to be pushing, if not over, 300 carries this year. I really think Washington's making a commitment to running the ball. I, I heard uh, Gruden interviewed earlier in the week saying what he expects out of RG3. He wants him to be plain, I think was the word he used. Vanilla, boring. He wants none of the nonsense. He wants him game managing. That tells me they're going to lean heavy on Alfred Morris. This is a guy I've really got my eye on. Oh, yeah, I love Alfred Morris. And like you said, in standard, he's so much higher oh, right. than PPR. Right, and that's the problem. We were right. playing in all these full-point PPRs. But in sta- but in, in the PPR full-point, like you were mentioning, he's still a extremely solid right, right. RB2. He's a high-end RB2. Absolutely. You know, and, and – and okay, how you feel about Deshaun Jackson and Hopkins? <laughs> I mean, you know how I feel. That ain't not yeah. even close to me. I, I'm staying away from Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. As soon as he gets a bug up, you know where he's sitting on the bench, pout. Yeah, that's what he does. And look, he's still that one trick pony. He's the deep threat. You're going to see. There's two distinct stat lines you're going to see each and every week. It's going to be three three catches for 37 yards. You're going to see that a bunch. And you're going to see four catches for 112 yards and a touchdown. And you're not going to see anything in between. So Hopkins, I think, can be more consistent than that. Look, the bottom line is when we talk about this, while Hopkins is going to take a hit, he's still a number one wide receiver on an NFL team. In the NFL now, we throw the ball 55% of the time. Hopkins is going to get his. He's not going to get his anywhere near where he was going to get, in my opinion, three days ago, but he's still going to get his, and I can't bring him down to that level of guys I consider mid to low-end wide receiver threes. I think Hopkins goes from a low-end receiver one to a high-end two or a steal as a flex or a three. I think that's the drop he makes. I don't take it much lower than that. Right. Yeah, we'll just put in an update here, you know, from our roving reporter, Bob Long, that um, Michael Floyd, the first reported it. Did they decide what it was yet? Well, inside of about three minutes, Bob reported that he had three broken fingers out six to eight weeks. Now it is dislocated. They are dislocated out three to five weeks. 
So three to five weeks puts us, what, about week one. Yeah, so you'll miss a little time. Yeah. So, uh, But I heard initially on my drive to the studio here, it was his shoulder. And seeing the pictures of him coming off the field, I could see why the initial reports, because right. they were doing that gimmick holding his elbow, like when <laughs> yeah. a guy tears up his shoulder. Then they just called it a hand injury. Then you told me when I got here it was an arm injury. Right. And then it's broken fingers. Now it's dislocated fingers. So for, for all I know, he broke a, broke his leg. Yeah, <laughs> I he don't might know. have a hangnail or a broken all the hype he got last I, year I and like how everybody Michael. called me an a-hole because I wasn't buying into Michael Floyd. I remember that. I tend to dwell on the negative, though. Well, you know, everybody calls you an a-hole. It's not necessarily because of Michael Floyd. Well, that's fair, too, but that was a specific reason they called me that. I tell you what, I'm buying into Floyd more this year, obviously, because, number one, Carson Palmer's back. Okay, we saw a lot of John Brown emerge, and... Yeah, he got sexy there for a, for well, a hot second. Well, and why? Because of the rapport he had with whatever donk. Bingo. I don't know who, who was it was. Skelton or something I can't, like that? I can't remember what I think it's probably Skelton. Was, no. But scout team quarterback yeah. thrown to the scout team receiver. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, But, no, I, I'm buying much into Floyd you know, a lot more this year than, than some than – you obviously yeah yeah i think he's a zero oh you're good i'll i'll own zero floyd floyd right. shares i tell you well you, you you are as much as you say that i'm old and this that and the other you you do stick a lot of times larry's your guy on the cardinals yeah that's yeah. my man and oh, he's yeah. gonna put up terrible numbers and i'm gonna start <laughs> him week in and week out Yep. And I'm going to get on this air and Darren say, McFadden. this is nonsense. He is physically Ryan the best Math- wide receiver <laughs> yeah. in the Ryan NFL. Matthews. Yeah. Well, I'm off Dan- Matthews. Darren now. McFadden. But it's the same guy. McFadden's on the pup list now, isn't he? Didn't he get hurt already or something, I What, thought? did he tie a shoe or what? <laughs> I, <laughs> something happened. Yeah, I might I might be wrong on the McFadden thing. <laughs> I, I own a lot of McFadden shares in, in the early drafting I've done, though, in the best ball leagues. God yeah, Drew, Drew Stanton, that's who I was oh, trying Drew to think Stanton. of last yeah, whatever. year. Whatever, yeah. he stinks too. Well, that was, but the point was, the rapport that Drew yeah, Stanton had yeah, with John Brown. Team. John, exactly. John Brown's going to be a, a zippy, a zero again. It's going to be Larry, you know. I'm sticking with Larry Fitzgerald, <laughs> yeah, and I, I'll continue to do so. Yeah, of course you will. I do think Larry Fitzgerald's a value from where I'm getting him. Hey, look, 2013, all seriousness, when Carson Palmer played that full year, Larry Fitzgerald – didn't have the spectacular numbers like some people really wanted, but he still put up 10 touchdowns. I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I know he had 10 touchdowns. Wasn't all that bad. And last year, obviously, it was a disaster for him. Palmer went out. I looked for a bit of a bounce back yeah, for him. and I, you're getting him from – did you see what Larry Fitzgerald said to Kurt Warner at camp? Did you happen to catch that? What, come back? Well, he, that's what he should have said. And I, I don't know the context of it. I just read the headline because I'm not much of a reader, let's be honest. Well, you can't. Well, that's fair, too. It's like a sixth grade level, yeah. enough to get by. But he sold Kurt Warner when they lost the Super Bowl to uh, the Steelers there a few years ago. He, I do remember this quote, you couldn't bring the Super Bowl home on that last play. You should have just chucked up a Hail Mary to me and we'd have won or something like that. Now, I assume he was just busting his jaws, but that's a pretty bold thing to say <laughs> to Kurt Warner. I kind of liked it. Yeah, really. But, uh, well, you know, players do do that. And uh, right now, Larry Fitzgerald is going at 8.05. That's a wide receiver three, the way most people are drafted. I'd love to have Larry as my wide receiver three. Yeah, I, I would take him, too. There's no question about that. You know, that brings up a uh, a story of – well, I saw Lynn Swan. They were talking about uh, when he got that freakish draft the Steelers had. What was that, 74? Yeah, I think so. You know, where um, I think it was Lynn Swan was one, Jack Lambert was two. Yeah. And um, they asked him, they asked Lynn Swan about Jack Lambert, and he said, you know, Jack Lambert was, was different. And he said he remember walking in the locker room and, and uh, Jack Lambert said, hey, Swan. He said, yeah, Jack. I should have been drafted number one. And <laughs> yeah, that was like that. That, that was I that. Like that. <laughs> I like that. Look right at Look a man yeah. in the eye and tell him I'm yeah. better than you. I got no issues with that whatsoever. 
All right, so let's spin around here a little bit more, Rick. Uh, what do we want to talk about? There's so much going on now. We covered Gronk. We covered Foster. I don't know. I might be done. Well, no, we're not done uh, yet. I'm tired. Well, you're always tired. Yeah. You know, because... Getting older. I got the Hall of Fame on my mind. I'm giddy. Well, I How do we get in on that uh, driving guys around like uh, Bob does? How do I get in on that? I Although I'd fanboy out and I'd get fired. Because he, he lives there. Well, I can get over there. What is it, an hour and a half? How long does it take us to get over there? Yeah, not long. Yeah, maybe I could run over there and you know, wheel. Who's he wheeling? Haley. Wheel him around. Yeah, a Charles Haley. We'd yeah. become best friends. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, you notice, you know, last year that we tried to get an interview with John Madden, who Bob was driving around. Yeah, I would remember. And Bob hustled him into the car before yeah. we could get there on purpose. Uh, I we know were, he did. We were sprinting across the parking lot, as I recall. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, th- I think. Because our recorder had gone dead, and I was in the, we were right. in the car charging it, and we but saw I, Madden come but out. But if I'm not mistaken, I think John said, hey, Rick and Rick. And, <laughs> well, I don't know and, if I remember. And Bob, <laughs> and Bob grabbed him by the arm and threw him in the car. No, you have a schedule to keep John. And he said, but no, it's flagrant breaks. And, and, you know, I and just. Bob just wouldn't have it. Well, it wouldn't, wouldn't, absolutely wouldn't have it. Well, and now he's part of the, part of the network. That yeah. shows you how, how smart we are, I guess. Exactly. Uh, we just busted on him, but, uh, you know, hey, Bob just wrote a chat room. I can get you both on next year if you want. Just ask. Oh, I'm in. There you go. I am in. Yeah, I'll, I'll try my best not to fanboy out, but Rick can attest. I get a little giddy around oh, pro athletes. It's it's terrible. I'm a, I'm a bit of a jock sniffer. I can't lie. Well, it's just yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, you know, I've I've tried to tried to mentor you on you know how to act around these type of people. Yeah, but you, it just doesn't work. No, it's. I mean, you not just get I the am. yips every time. Yeah, I do. I get all excited. I get all shaky. I get all nervous, but. Looking forward. I mean, you, to that. you interviewed Harry Carson last year, and it, it might as well have been Jim Brown, Arnold Palmer, right. and and um, Wayne Gretzky yeah. all at the same time. I was all excited. I got my question already. I snuck my way up. I was shaking like a leaf. My voice was cracking like a fourteen-year-old. Hopefully, I'll be better this year. Although I was such a fan of Jerome Bettis as a kid, that's going to be rough for me. Yeah. It will be. Such a fan. I I love that guy. The first game I ever saw live was his first season with Pittsburgh when they played the home game against the Rams, his revenge game, Uh and he just blew them all to hell (laughs) all day to the point where Cowher had to take him out in the fourth quarter because he was just killing people. There will never be a memory better than him running over Erlacher in the snow. At you the goal you line. want to know something, Rick? What? I was at that game, too. I was there. Were you? I was in that end zone in those terrible bleacher seats up in the upper deck, Heinz uh, Field there, about near the top. It uh, was that real heavy, wet snow. I got a the, question for you. All right. I just happened to uh, pull up the studio. Okay. How do we have a caller... Okay. With a number of 111-111-1111. Well, I'm guessing it's a Skype caller, Rick, but we oh, can true. find out. Let's okay. go to, oh, I wasn't missing. It's only been on the line for 45 seconds. Let's go to 111-111-1111. You are on the air. Well, I was tired of you guys busting my chops when you. everybody <laughs> knows that I would let you interview John Madden if John Madden would let me interview him first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know we you know we don't lie or exaggerate, Bob. And uh, that is that is so funny. That was you because we had <laughs> just gotten through the media day and and me worse, but we were both nervous and we didn't hit our stride till about fifteen minutes left. We started getting comfortable with it, got some good sound bites. Now we're feeling cocky, and I I think I'm Chris Collinsworth all of a sudden, and we're standing at the car. <laughs> getting ready to leave, charging up our recorders, and we see Madden come out, and and we would have saw you, too. Obviously, didn't know it was you. Literally sprinting right. across the parking lot, and you couldn't get him in that car fast enough, Bob. Yeah, well, that's because we were late. <laughs> John, John wasn't the most timely guy for getting places, um, and partially wasn't his fault. Um, you know, when when you hear celebrities say, you know, it's tough to be a celebrity because you can't go anywhere without somebody – stopping you for an autograph or a picture. Well, John Madden was exactly that person. Even football players and coaches and, and big stars would stop him and, and just to say hello and, and get a picture or, you know, chat. And, and it was it was horribly difficult to get him anywhere. And, and 
I think partly that's why he was kind of grumpy because the, the poor guy doesn't get a break. And I mean, I and I know anybody would say, well, you know, well, it sucks to be, you know, I'd love to be in that situation. But I think after a while, I think it would have to get kind of old, to be honest with you. It probably would have to get old, but, you know, I guess that just comes with the territory when you're somebody like a Madden. You know, he's he's won yeah. Super Bowls. He's broadcasted with the best for years and years and meant so much to so many players. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. You, you, oh, you're, yeah. No, you're I know. That. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, it's, it's kind of a shame that you don't have him this year. You know, maybe you could uh, – Scalp a little interview, you know, talk a little Kenny Stabler, that kind of thing. Maybe get an interesting story. Well, I do know that he will be in. Um, his name is on the list. So he will be in and he will be downtown. Um, here's the problem this year is that um, the enshrinees and presenters are going to be at a different hotel this year. So I'm not going to be downtown very much. Um, now I'll be at the, the events and stuff when everybody's together, but I'll actually be at a different hotel and you guys can call me and I'll let you know what that is. So I don't say it on the air, but, okay. um, we will so, hook up, make sure, you know, try to find when you have, yeah, uh, I emailed you guys cause I, I thought I had your cell phones and I didn't. So I wanted to make sure you had mine and you guys give me yours and we'll, we'll figure all that out. But, um, I actually went and helped my buddy, one of my other buddies, I actually have four friends slash relatives that are in the top seven um, in trying drivers this year. So it's kind of fun that uh, four of us have uh, four out of the eight anyway. Um, so uh, I helped my buddy pick up Will Shields tonight and super nice guy. Holy cow. He stood there and signed probably for 20 minutes, waited for everybody to get through. Really nice guy. So Yeah, that it, it's nice to be surprised like that. You know, Rick and I talked about a lot of it last year. You know, going into the media day and, and, you know, of course, I was the guinea pig going to do the first interview. You know, this is a this yeah, is I was first too Hall giddy. of Fame. And right. the first guy I went up to, you know, to, to interview was Ray Guy. And oh, I'm such a nice guy. I, oh, I love this guy when oh, I was yeah. when he played for the Raiders and stuff. Mm-hmm. But as soon as soon as he opened his mouth, it was like, crap, we know each other. I mean, this this is cool guy. And I talked to him probably for 15 minutes and he just, he Mm. was in a hurry. And, and I mean, that was just one of the most pleasant surprises I had, you know, when, uh, you know, I got to talk to him and then, uh, Claude Humphrey was the same way, you know, the other Mm -hmm. ones were, you know, still every one of them were gracious and everything, but you could just tell that they were more used to it presently you know, because they did it a lot more than the other guys, you know I mean? It was more or less like, right. uh, I was old enough to remember Humphrey and Ray guy. And right. it, you know, I think that was something that they appreciated. Well, and there's no question that the older guys, the guys who come in as usually the senior committee people, um, because of the time it took them to get there. Um, they're all very humble and, and even the bigger names, um, you know, that, um, are more recognizable, but still, um, those guys. And, and I also found that with the newer players, the offensive defensive linemen kind of people who are not as well known in public, um, Will Shields had the best quote already of the weekend. And that was, I, I don't get this kind of fanfare normally. He goes, I live, you know, wherever he lives, I think in Kansas City somewhere. Um, he says, I go out in public. Very few people know who I am. Um, when you walk through the Cannes Airport and you're walking with people who have on shirts and badges that say Pro Football Hall of Fame, um, <laughs> you know, they all know that we're waiting for somebody. And as soon as they see him walk up, you know, they, they know who they're looking for. And Will Shields says, this is the most autographs I've signed in six months. And it was within 10 minutes. And I said, well, then you're going to get writer's cramp because it's going to be a long weekend if you're going to sign for <laughs> everybody and anybody. <laughs> he goes, yeah. yeah, I'll probably have to pace myself. Um, but it was just funny to see a guy who is now a, a Hall of Famer being already, um, you know, just kind of humbled by how many people are, are rec- you know, recognize him and want his autograph. And, and, you know, you guys know this as well as I do. Some of those guys are doing it for the thrill of having his autograph. 
some of them are going to have it on eBay within 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, that's they, the sad I, part. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are certainly people there, and I can tell the difference, um, but there's guys that are there for the love of having, um, you know, a, a signed football helmet with all the Hall of Famers on it. That That's awesome. Um, but there's guys that, you know, line up, and they've got the clipboards with the five different cards on it, and you're like, really? Come on, dude. Um, <laughs> is it really, you know, for you, or is this going on eBay tomorrow so you can make a quick buck? Oh, yeah. you know, and that's the sad part. But yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, to see that. Is there any more? You being out there already, any more buzz? It, it seems to me, and it's probably because of the proximity to Pittsburgh and all the insane Steeler fans. Mm-hmm. Is it busier out there already? You know, I've been warned by by other folks that it, it's going to be more crowded. It's going to be a little crazier with that whole Steeler contingent out there this year. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, we have been told at our meetings that this will be the most people we have had in town in the history of the enshrinement weekend. Um, well, and we're already disappointed, um, you know, not being considered along with CBS and so forth. We were initially granted the gold jacket dinner. And then um, with everybody coming on, they sent out a subsequent email saying, sorry, guys, you, you're not getting in this year. Yeah. No, I, I mean, like I said it, it doesn't surprise me because um, it, it, and it's only going to here. Here's the thing. And I don't I know you guys aren't from around here like I am. So obviously I, I, I live and breathe this on a daily basis. But, you know, I don't know if you've seen the national press about this area, but the five year goal is that there will be a Hall of Fame village that rivals Cooperstown built around the Hall of Fame with a convention center, hotels, um, uh, NFL experience center, uh, shops, you name it. Now, I've never been to Cooperstown, so I don't know what that looks like, but somebody said it will rival Cooperstown uh, in the village that they have that's going to be built. So it's only going to get bigger, um, and it's only going to get crazier. Um, I'm excited because, you know, it's my town. Um, you know, a lot of people hate it, but I I think it's awesome. But, you know, but it should hey, be fun. I tell you what, they were raking in 20 bucks a car, you know, and hundreds oh, of them. Yeah. And, oh, know. it's only, yeah. Well, and then this year, you know, they've added this concert on Friday night. And, I mean, first concert they've ever had in a stadium, and it's Aerosmith. I mean, Smith that Hall. blew me away. I mean, I I'd have been excited if it was Jay Giles, but yeah. Aerosmith? I mean, <laughs> that's just phenomenal. So, that's like I said, this David Baker, um, who's now the new director, he's got pull, and he's got connections, and it's going to be a fun ride, kids. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to this one. All right, Bob, we're up against the top of the hour. Thanks for calling in. And, uh, oh, we'll, thanks, we'll, man. We'll See give you guys you this weekend. Yes, sir. I just sent our uh, uh, cell phone numbers back on your email. Okay. We got yours, so we'll hook up. Okay. All right, guys. All right. Thanks again. Friday. Yeah. Right. Later. All right, Rick, we're almost out of time here. Can't wait to see Bob. Uh, he's a good sport. We we uh, knock him around a little bit for somebody we've never actually met. Man. He gets it, so I <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. Totally. And we're nicer in person. Yeah, the, the micro, we're, I'm a microphone tough guy. <laughs> yeah, Rick, Rick's just as ignorant in person. But, yeah. but he'll be the one who'll walk up and shake your hand, and I'll sort of like hide from you for a while. <laughs> yeah, he'll be in the bushes with, sort a, of my thing. with a Coke watching you. He's like a stalker. I, I, I tend to antisocial. I, yeah. it, it's weird that I choose to do this. It's something about the anonymity of the microphone. You're kind of like Benny Hill, in a way. Uh, a way to skew young there. I, no, you mean, don't, you I, don't, I know who he is. Okay, but. well, I mean, you've seen the Benny Hill. You, know, yeah. uh, you saw him on the air. Mm-hmm. But basically, what he did in his private life was sit in an apartment up against a couch with his feet under a coffee table, and he wrote, he would flipped through channels on television, writing down ideas for his next show. He didn't talk to anybody. Yeah, that sounds kind of yeah. like me. Right. I, I could live like that and be very happy and then get behind a microphone and scream and carry on and then sleep back into the dark and disappear for a week. So, Rick, we're up against it, but I want to take five minutes, and I save this for the end because people hate when we do this. Can we take five minutes, Rick, and talk about this stupid lion? 
It, it is stuck in my craw. Not Joyke Bell. The 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 oh the Cecil the Cecil the lion. Hey, it's our show. We can talk what? about whatever we feel like. What in the world is wrong with our country? With the I people sent out a tweet last week. Did you? With everything going on in the world, right? The two biggest stories are Tom Brady and Cecil the Lion. Go figure. Look, the poaching's bad. We're hunters, Rick. Nothing infuriates me more than a poacher. I agree. But we've run basically run this guy out of the country. He's and he hiding, did, and he did it. You know, I don't believe he knew that they lure. Maybe he did. You know what? I don't care. Yeah, you know, what we got? We got global warming. We got unemployment. We got uh, immigration. We got all this stuff going on. And every day I turn on the news. Every day I turn on CNN. There's 900 hippies standing outside this donkey's. Dental office. See, I don't like to include these guys with hippies. They are. They're the modern hippie. The, well, the agree. The anything modern doesn't. You're right. Doesn't equate. I know nothing happened after 1978, as far as you're concerned. But all these jagaloons standing I mean, around. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Right. I mean, come on. You watch that show. You didn't give a damn with about that theory. That's a good show. Don't get me off topic. Here. Okay. I'm sorry. Let's go I'm to trying Cecil. to get this off my chest. So, and here's the problem. It's and easy here's, to get you off. Topic. Here's why this is a big story. Ajayi. <laughs> he had nothing to do with it, believe me. So, every all these stupid hippie, modern hippies, I, I'll I'll do that for you. Tree huggers, right? There As their stupid uh, stuffed lion. Because here's what we think lions are. Because we live in the United States and we don't have any real problems. All right, we don't have poverty compared to Africa or Zimbabwe. If that's not the same, I don't even know wherever the hell this stupid lion was shot. And so we all think it's uh, Mufasa from the freaking Lion King. That's what we think lions are like. We go over there in the safari, and he's going to have a top hat and a cane, and he's going to be bouncing around singing, I just can't wait to be king. No, (laughs) no. You you go out there, stick one arm out of that stupid Jeep they run you around in, and Cecil will tear that damn thing off. Well, you saw it after that girl a a couple months ago. Good for her. Don't be over there messing with them. These things aren't cartoon characters. Look, it's a show what happened to this line. It's terrible. I get that. Fine. We got such bigger problems in this country. Because this guy was a part of this, you can't tell me he can't conduct business because he shot the cute, cuddly little lion. Shut up. Go to work. How about that? Go to work. Donate your money if you're so worried about wildlife. Donate to whatever crooked organizations over there protecting these stupid lions. And shut up about it. This is what you do. I'm so t- I, I can't stand it. Now this guy can't work anymore, and then we got people not going to work. Instead, they're standing there writing letters to a stupid lion in Zimbabwe, and now we're clamoring as citizens of the United States. This is what scares me the most. As citizens of the United States, there's a certain segment of our population clamoring to extradite this guy to whatever third world country this stupid lion was shot in for him to go over there and be God knows what their legal system's like over there. Think about that. You go overseas and do something stupid, and now you don't want this country protecting you, your own home, giving you asylum. Shut up. Go to work. I don't care about the lion. It, it, I, it's a, I don't like the poaching. I get it. I can't take it anymore. I, you know what? I hate the lion. I think I'm glad Cecil's dead. One less thing. Ajayi. And that. All right. I feel better now. We're probably going to get to add asylum football on Twitter if you want to yell at me for that. <laughs> yeah, please do. But, but the, I, the, want, I want an argument. To, to sum it up, go to work. It doesn't mean anything to you. There's bigger issues. Feed your kids. How about that? Pay your taxes. Shut up about the lion. Exactly. Go to work. That's the, you know what? That's the title of the show. Go to work. Great title. <laughs> I like that. Great title. That's, you got nothing. I got nothing for you. Uh, I was hoping you'd back me up. Or, oh, I agree, hundred percent. With me, I, I, I started it with the tweet last last week. And couldn't find anyone, a taker, to argue about it. Yeah. Maybe most normal people agree. We tend to follow and be followed by well, fan, that, football fans, regular people. Right. Not not people and that's the shut thing. up about the lines. These are the people that go to work. Right. They're at work. Take care of their families. Pay the mortgage. 
get the groceries, wash the car, mow the grass. They don't take their three weeks vacation and go out and buy a stuffed animal and walk around with it and look like a buffoon, you know, so they can be heard. Right. You know, I don't want to hear you. Yeah. Shut up. I want to watch football. Yeah. Shut up. I want to hear training camp. I want to hear about Arian Foster. I want to hear about Darren McFadden training camp. I want to hear about Martavis Bryant and Marcus Wheaton. Don't care about them and the Lions. You want to solve a world issue? Solve uh, juvenile hunger in whatever podunk town you're from, what you traveled from in your stupid hippie Volkswagen van. I used to have one of them. Of course you did. A 69. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, good Lord. I did. It was great. <laughs> you were a terrible hippie, weren't you? I was. I had fun. <laughs> let's just put it that way. All right. Well, Rick, I, let's get out of here on that. We we had some good football talk, some good Hall of Fame talk, and then we just took a hard right, which we tend to do. That's kind of our thing. So. Which is kind of fun. Yeah, well, I agree. So thanks so much for joining the Asylum this week. Check out the Fantasy Sports Network show, 1 o'clock Eastern, fantasysportsnetwork.com, and cable networks all around Canada and the eastern United States. We'll be back there. We'll be back next Tuesday. We'll recap the Hall of Fame. We're going to have a special Hall of Fame broadcast. We'll get details out of, details of that out whenever it's ready. Until next week, we'll see you. Take care. Oh, the bartender's time, trying to catch a buzz. Over the thought of us But I'll drink to a country song To another long work week gone And I'll raise my glass to a long walk But I ain't seen I might stay for one more round Or I might close God, that And every one of those hippies trying for it, Cecil will rip your face off within a half a second of meeting. You can't go over there and try to find Cecil's brother. Right. Had him. Yeah. Tell him you're sorry. See what happens. Yeah, I'd love to see that. See nothing but toenails and hair within 45 seconds. Then you can see the rest of the tribe come in for lunch. That's right. Pick your carcass clean. Yeah. But I guess you'll go with a clean conscience, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I made a difference. Yeah. <laughs> Baited hunger for right. a day. That's right, you fed the lion. Yeah, good job. Yeah, there's the idea. Let's feed these hippies to the lion. Save a wildebeest. Yeah, you're so into animals. Sacrifice your stinky hippie self to save a wildebeest or a zebra. Wildebeest are like really stupid. <laughs> so are these hippies. Well, yeah. I think we figured it out. That's Save a wildebeest. That's what we do at the asylum. We solve, yeah, we solve problems. problems. That's what we do. Exactly. Probably ought to get off the air before we alienate the last seven listeners. Yeah. <laughs>